So <clears throat> last week, you know, we had another message, and the Lord led us to uh, love and righteousness. And we talked about the difference between love and righteousness. And we talked about how we're missing it. If you didn't hear that message, you definitely need to go back and listen to both of those messages. Well, in James chapter 2 and verse 23, we're going to talk some more about love and righteousness. And the truth of the matter is, this is exactly where we're missing it. Have you ever been praying for something, praying for something, praying for something, and it just doesn't come through? It doesn't come through. It's like, where, where is, like, God, are you real? Have you ever felt like that besides me? I've felt like that. Well, I'm going to show you probably the area, at least there's a portion of it that is involved in this. And let's just look at this. In James chapter 2, it says this, verse 23, it says that, and the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God. Now, the key word right there is believed, all right? And it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. I, I love that part right there. I just love the part where he says, hey, you're my friend. You're my friend. I love that. I need that, right? Um, but here he is. He says he believed God, and it took Abraham to righteousness. What took him to righteousness? Belief. Okay, and then in Romans 10, 9 and 10, let's turn there. Romans 10. Nine and 10. It says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, the interesting thing is you have two things there, two actions, belief and confession, okay? Belief and confession, and they do. Well, we already saw in the other verse, what did belief bring to Abraham? Righteousness, right? So what do we, what's going to happen here when we believe? It's going to take us where? To righteousness. So in verse 10, it says, with a heart, a person believes, resulting in righteousness, all right? We need that righteousness. We need right standing with God. And with the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. Okay? Now, do you have salvation without righteousness? No. You can confess stuff all day long. You can pray. You can believe. You can, you can do all kinds of things. But if you don't have righteousness, you're not going to get salvation. Now, in salvation is everything that you would pray for. It's not only eternal life and going to heaven, but in salvation is also your healing. It's your deliverance. It's the victory that you need in your life in whatever form that it needs. So when we move into righteousness, we step into the place where salvation can take place we step into the place where healing and restoration can take place we step into the place where your prayers your personal prayers can be answered lord i need this then we move into the place where we confess it we speak the word over it and if we are in the place of righteousness that salvation comes now this is the way that we're born again but it's also the way that we move into everything but we've got to be operating from a place of righteousness now, I can tell you that um, 
It's interesting because when I read these verses, pretty much all my life coming up there, I see righteousness. I see that we need to believe for that. And I'm just thinking, hey, this connects me. It makes me right with God so that I can go to heaven. But what I really didn't connect it with for the majority of my life is how righteousness moves us into the place where we live in abundance. This is the place where our prayers are answered. This is the place where the love of God that he desires so greatly to pour out on us, righteousness is that place where he can manifest it. He can pour it out. You see? This is the place where he can do that. So here it is in 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Second Corinthians five twenty one. It says this He who made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, in other words, Jesus took his righteousness. And he took that and he said, when you believe on me, I'm taking what, how right I was and I'm putting it on you. Now, see, when you look at these things that just on how we get to heaven and it doesn't affect us a whole lot right now, but it's just righteousness, I need to be made right with God. When you just look at that place and you don't, you don't take into consideration how it affects you right now, then you just read that and you go, oh, good. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Praise God, you know. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate that. But when you understand that it's tied to everything that you have going on in your life, everything, then you start looking at that and going, praise God. Man, I need righteousness. I need it. Because without righteousness, I'm not getting prayers answered. I'm not stepping into salvation. I'm not receiving the love of God manifested. I'm not receiving those things. And all of a sudden what happens is, you know, I, I, I don't have that stuff. But when I receive the gift of righteousness, I start to understand it and see how it works in the kingdom of God. Man, those verses right there, I'm not just passing over them anymore. I'm looking at them and saying, Wow, what a promise. You mean I can walk in this place where God just pours this stuff out on me? Yes. So why aren't we? Well, first off is people don't know about this. They don't know about the gift of righteousness. They don't know how powerful it is. Do you remember last week, we, the first thing we did was we went to two different verses that talked about the gospel was good news, and it talked about the gospel was the gift of righteousness in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. We talked about this is what the gospel was kind of all about. This is one of the major pieces that it brought to us was righteousness, that you are made right. Well, that's, that's pretty awesome. So let's look at this in uh, Mark chapter 12 and verse 28. Turn in my Bible pages. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. 28 through 31, 
Now, see, when you step into righteousness, there's a balance between the law in the Old Testament, the do's and the do-nots, the you-can-do's and you-can't-do's, right? It's talking about there's the law, and then there's the law of love. And this is what we were talking about last week. Let's, let's look at this here in Mark chapter 12, verse 28. And it says, One of the scribes came and heard them arguing and recognized that he had answered them well, asked Jesus, uh, asked him, What commandment is foremost of all, or what's the first commandment? And Jesus answered, The foremost is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. In other words, you should love him with your spirit, the core of who you are. You should love him with your emotions, love him with your mind, and love him with all of your ability. All of it, every bit of it. This is the first commandment. And he says the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. In other words, what he did was he took the whole Old Testament and he said, this is what it's all about. And he literally says that in other places. He says, this is what it's all about. And in one place he says, if you'll do these, if you'll love the Lord with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself, he says, you have fulfilled the law. Well, that's a powerful statement because if we can figure out how to do that, that would be awesome, right? <laughs> to be able to fulfill the law by doing these things. So there's a, a verse, it says, it says this in uh, James, let's turn over there to James chapter 2 and verse 8. Back to James. What would you have us to, t to know today, James? Well, let me tell you. Verse 8 in chapter 2. Listen to this. This is amazing scripture. He says, if, however, you are fulfilling the royal law according to the scripture. The royal law. In other words, what he's about to describe is the law above every other law. And he says it like this. Here's the royal law according to scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. What's he talking about? The law of love. He's talking about the royal law that loves God more than anything else. The royal law that loves your neighbor more than anything else. The one that takes God and everybody else into consideration above yourself. It's the law of love. Starts with God without loving on God and receiving his love. You're not able to love your neighbor. You've got to love on him. It's the royal law. Don't you just like how that says, Man, this is the law to, to beat every other law. This is it. This is the royal law of love. Verse 9 says, But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and convicted by the law of transgressors. And here's the verse I really want you to hear. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point has become guilty of all. 
Um, who's ever missed it according to the law in the Bible? All of us, right? So what does that tell us? We're guilty of all. Let me ask you this question. From this point forward, do you think you're able to keep the whole law of the Old Testament, the whole law? Every do this, don't do this, every don't do, and you know, all of that, you're able to keep them all? So if you don't move over into righteousness, we're in a heap of trouble. I mean, we, we're in a bad spot. We're in a tight spot. <laughs> I mean, we're in, thank you, Stephen, for catching that before I even said it. Thank you. That was, we're in a tight spot if we don't keep all the law, right? I mean, we're, we're in trouble. Isn't it nice that we don't have to keep them all? Because if not, we'd be hurting. Isn't it nice? And here's the thing. You know, last week we talked about payments. And the Lord kept talking to me, uh, Brian, it's not a payment. You're reading the Bible, it's not a payment. You're, you're praying however many hours or minutes, it's not a payment. It's not a payment. You're coming to church, it's not a payment. It's not a payment. And see, once we got, you know, we have this idea that if I do stuff right, God will reward me. And there are rewards to the things and the choices that we make. But the question is, are we doing those things so that we can get pay God to treat us right? Or are we doing those things on the law of love because we love him? See, if we're missing it, we're not missing it necessarily on anything else but the fact that we're not pouring out love to God and to other people. You know, I... A lot of people maybe watching the archive won't know, but what I was talking about at the beginning of this service has everything to do with how much you love God and love other people. And whether you do or you don't, that's what it has to do with. It's not a payment. It's not supposed to be a payment. Well, But here's the thing. When we do line ourselves up with the will of God and go about it in His ways with love... Here, what happens? Man, the blessings of God start to pile up. Why? Because when we're moving by love, righteousness is in effect in our lives. And we confess the good things of salvation in our life, and all of a sudden, the good things manifest. But, let me, let me say this. Anything given as a payment is considered and considered as a payment, moves under the law, and therefore the law that you can't, you, nobody can be found not guilty if you're not upholding every bit of it. Anything that I give as a payment, anything that I do as a do this, don't do that, it's in that category. Anything that I give that's not just solely based on, Lord, I love you. Anything that I do moves directly. Let's say, you know, do not steal. Well, anytime I do not steal because it tells me not to and not because, I, Lord, I just love you and because I love you, I'm not going to steal. Anytime I do not steal just to uphold the law, the legalism of it, I place myself in the law 
And I'm, if I can't uphold them all, I'm guilty of them all. So as soon as I place myself in the law, I'm guilty of it, and I'm outside of righteousness. And then when I go to pray, my conscience is defiled, my faith doesn't work, and I'm not walking in the righteousness of God in Christ. So at any moment where I just do things simply because somebody told me do this or don't do that, and I'm not moving because of love, I place myself under the law, and I have no power and no right to expect anything. But when I move in love and I do things because of love and I say, Lord, I'm doing this because I love you. You remember when we did the series and, and we still need to do the very last one, the who, what, when, where, why, and how. And in the why, do you remember what we talked about? Our why had to be because, Lord, I love you. Where do you think I got that? Well, one, he showed me. Number two, it's, it's, in, it's all over the word. And see, if our why is not because I love you, if our why is, well, I'm, how many times did the Israelites do this? Oh, Lord, we're in such a jam. We, we, I mean, we're in bondage. We don't have any money. We need, we need to eat. And they go to God like this. Ah, and they get over in this place, and all of a sudden God blesses them. But their heart was never to love him. It was always a payment. So they were always in this cycle back and forth because they'd go, Oh, thank you for the job. Thank you for the eat, something to eat. Thank you for answering our prayers. Now I'm going to go worship Baal. And we look at the Israelites and say, What a bunch of jerks. And yet, we've been doing the same thing. I can't tell you over seven years how many times I've watched people come into a job, get their prayer answered, and that's the last time I saw them. It's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. And, and we look at the Israelites, we're like, I don't want to be them. But yet, and what's wrong here? What's wrong? Because they're trying to uphold it in the law. Lord, I love you. I need my prayers answered. Oh, thank you. Oh, let me go back to the world. They, where's this going to take them? into a jam they can't uphold all parts of the law before they know it they need god again they turn around worshiping god and this this generation worships god and blessings come then the next generation turns back and goes right back into the world yeah it's a cycle it's like what we're talking about on wednesday night So what happens is you've got these two places in life and one is the, the grace and the love and the righteousness of God. And one is the law. And the law just basically tells you what is right and what is wrong. But when you go in here trying to just satisfy what's right and what's wrong, you become guilty of it all because you're never able to uphold it. And so when you try to do it for those reasons, you get step right into the place where you can't do it. But over here, when we move because of love and the law of love that's written on our heart by the Holy Spirit, and we move because why are we doing anything? The answer to why in any situation is, Lord, I love you. I'm doing this because I love you. Lord, what would you have me do? He's already written a ton of stuff in there that he would have you do. But you don't do it just because he said it. You do it. The motivation is, Lord, I love you. It's the royal law. It's the law of love. It places you in the place of righteousness as a child of God who is an heir to all his things. What are the surpassing riches of his greatness to us who believe? This is it. He wants to give you exceeding abundantly. He's always wanted you to be here in the gift of righteousness, 
in his grace, in his mercy. But the minute we go, well, I'm not going to do that or I'm going to do this because of love, uh, because of the law, do this, don't do that. All of a sudden, we step right over here and nothing works anymore. And we're going, well, I'm doing this. And you may be thinking, well, I've never done that. Well, how about this? How about the last time you got sick and it just didn't seem to, your prayers didn't get answered, right? And you were like, Lord, I go to church. Recently, I just heard a story. Let this apply to you. Let it sink down deep. Let it open up your own eyes. I recently just heard a story of somebody, and they, they, wanted, they, they got real sick. They got you know, a big sickness on them, and, and all of a sudden, and, and their response was, I'm a good person. I go to church. Why am I sick? Can you tell me why? That statement alone tells them which zone they're living in which one are they living in they're doing that stuff expecting it they're using i'm good and i go to church as a payment which immediately places them in the law it immediately takes them out of righteousness and it doesn't work because as soon as they're under the law they're guilty of all they miss one they miss them all they're guilty of everything and it doesn't work they're doing it for the wrong reason. See, they, they have come to think that they deserve better than that because of their works. They deserve better of that because of the works of Jesus. They deserve better than that because God has made them righteous. When they understand the gift of righteousness, now when you go back and you read those scriptures and you're like, yeah, he made us righteous. It's not just talking about in the sweet by and by. This has everything to do with your abundant living right in this place, right now, today. But as soon as I go back uh, over here into the law, well, I, I'm a good person. You know how many people are going to end up in hell because they're living by the law of they think they're a good person and they're already off base because they're comparing their goodness to other people, not to Jesus. According to Jesus, you are not good. <laughs> You've, you're guilty of it all. You compare you and Jesus outside of righteousness, you're not in a good place. And now you're guilty of all. There's people that are going to go to hell because they lived thinking that their goodness, they're going to church, they helped people, and they're all under the law, and now they're guilty of it all. And it's so sad. This is why he's given us the ministry of being made right with him, the ministry of reconciliation over in 2 Corinthians. Why? So that all of us might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Why? Because it's in this place we become guilty of nothing. And what is our motivating factor? It's not the do this or the don't do that. It's not the keep this, don't keep this. That's not the motivating factor at all. That may guide us on what is right and what's wrong, but the motivating factor is, Lord, I love you. And I will love on your people. I will love my neighbor. Let me do whatever it takes to love on you and to love my neighbor. We, we know of a situation that's been some years ago now. But uh, 
It was a person, and they were about 40 years old, and they came down with a very, very bad disease. And uh, they had gone to church all their life. All their life. They knew, they had revelation about God. They had never been a sinful person. They didn't even have bad teenage years. See, according to the world's thinking, we're thinking, man, they're going to be great. They're going to be just fine. But guess what happened? As soon as they came down with this disease, see what this did is it really highlighted the whole problem. As soon as they came down with this disease, they flipped out. They went and did everything that a teenager would. You know why? Because they felt like, based off of all their works, they deserved better. And now they can't understand why God allowed this to happen to them. You see it? They were living by works the whole time. And that's the reason it was able to come on them. And oh man, it tore my heart up. I'm thinking, oh gracious. I didn't understand then everything I understand about this now. But I knew it was wrong and I could see the error in it. I could see the difference. And, and they were praying to get healed. Are they going to be able to get healed? Not until they accept that gift of righteousness. And they start moving by the law of love. They start moving by that law. Listen, this is what we were talking about uh, last week after church. People have resentment towards God because they did all these things and then something bad happened. See, here's what the devil does. He comes in here. He tells them all the law. Why? Because he wants to keep them in the law. He wants to keep them in that place of do this, don't do that. Keep them over here because over here they can't receive from God. And then what happens is if he gets them in this place and somebody's done just a few things good, they feel like because of their lack of understanding of the word, they feel like, I don't deserve this. Lord, why are you doing this to me? And now they resent God. So not only has he stolen all of, the, all of the stuff away from the people, not only that, but he's placed them in the, in the point where now their heart is condemning them because their heart is saying to God, it's your fault. And they take now resentment towards God. This is huge. Can you see how devastating this is? To not understand this. And to not walk in this law of love. To not walk in it. We've got to make sure that our motivations for everything has nothing to do with our paycheck, has nothing to do with our, our family, so to speak, or the needs that are there. It has everything, everything in life, every decision, every thought that we even allow to come in has everything to do with, Lord, I love you. With all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Lord, I know what that means. That means I gotta love my neighbor as myself. I gotta love them. And you have to love yourself too. You can't love your neighbor as yourself and do a good job of it if you don't love yourself too. You know, a lot of times we people try to get off of that. If people are paying by doing good, they place themselves in the law where they are not righteous and they can't receive his grace. But if they're believing on Jesus and they're believing they are righteous, they place themselves in God's love where they are righteous and children of God 
and can receive his goodness. Has anybody ever messed this up? <laughs> Has anybody ever messed this up like this week? Right? Maybe this morning. Maybe while service was going on, right? There's a, it's like, you know, so here's the thing. Let this open your eyes and say, you know what? You know what? Lord, man, I need to repent to you. I've been trying to uphold everything but love. And you see, I, I can know, I've been basically saying this for quite some time. I definitely have new revelation on it now, but um, I, I still see where people are like, well, I don't want to do that. And it's just the law to them. All they're hearing is the law, the law, the law. And Joe, uh, J.D. said after church last week, he was praying and the Lord gave him some revelation. And it was awesome. He said, he said, I was praying. He said, and the Lord said, Brian is not trying to control you. Is that right? The Lord said that to you? He said, Brian's not trying to control you. And then he was like, oh, <laughs> okay. And then the, God said, I'm not trying to control you. And then he said this. God said this to him. He said, if I was trying, going to control you, I would have never given you free will. Man, what a great revelation, brother. And I know that you didn't come up with I know that God gave it to you. But, man, the way God spoke that through you, how, I mean, that brought me freedom just hearing it. God's not trying to control you. He's not trying to tell you, do this, don't do that. All he's trying to do is get you to walk in the royal law of love so that his goodness can come to you. It's what he's been about the whole time, the good news, the good news, the gospel. He's been trying to get us to receive the gift of righteousness and walk in the royal law of love so that we stay in this place where the goodness of God follows me all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy shall. They follow me. He wants us to walk in that place and never be in this place of the law. Do this, don't do that. I'm just upholding the law. We've watched people do that for years and years. All of us, we've watched people do that, not realizing that there was a total disconnection between the love of God and themselves when they were trying to be, and in their own minds and words, they were thinking, I'm the most loving person there is. I go to church, I do this, I give, I da-da-da, this, whatever. But you're sitting right over here in the law. The gift of righteousness opens up everything to us. But we don't just operate in it until we start understanding that it's the law of love. We believe, we believe that God raised Christ from the dead. We believe in God. And then we walk that thing out. But don't get me wrong, and I just want to give you this little, little tidbit here. Because a lot of people are like, man, I don't have to live by the, 
the law anymore, the don't do's, the do's. It says this in James in those same scriptures. You should go read chapter 2. It says in that same one, it says that you see that Abraham was even justified by his work. He said the work showed the fulfillment of his faith. In other words, if you're actually, if you're actually walking by the law and you're actually walking by the law of love, then what's going to happen? You're not going to end up going, oh, I can do anything now. Uh, you're not going to end up doing that. You're going to end up, if you're not actually moving to the place of loving God even more and loving people more, you didn't truly believe. You didn't believe. And that means you need to go back and check everything. If you're trying to use that as a justification to go do whatever you want and I don't have to live by the law anymore, you, you've missed it. The law of love will not only move first by faith, but it will come out in the fruit of the heart of that true belief. Faith without works is dead. So in other words, we will not only talk it, we will not only believe it with our heart, but people will see that love in action in our lives. Not because the do's and the don'ts. Do this, don't do that. It won't be because of that. It'll be because, Lord, I love you. I love you more than me. I love you. I love people as myself. I love them. And I'm motivated by that. I'm motivated to love you and love people. That's the law of love. It puts us in this place, and it is the fruit of the gift of righteousness. So today, you may be sitting there going, Ooh, I need to meditate on this. I need to take this in. And you should. You should think about it. Oh, my goodness. You should meditate on this. You should think, how does this apply to me? What areas of my life have I been actually walking in that and not walking in the faith and the grace? What are the areas there? And, and let the Holy Spirit show you. Ask him, Lord, will you show me where I've been walking in the law and not in the royal law. I've been walking in the legal law and not the royal law of love. Show, help me see that. Lord, help me to see where I have not received the gift of righteousness maybe in an area, maybe in my whole life, and I've not received it. Show me those areas. Right now, I just, you know, I just ask you right now, just bow your head. Maybe you don't know right now if you've ever received that gift of righteousness. Maybe this has brought up questions in your mind. And right now, you just feel like, Lord, I need to, I need to commit to you. Maybe it's recommitting. Maybe it's just uh, committing for the first time. But right now, I need to commit to you. And I want you to show it not just because, no, I don't want you to just show it in your heart. Well, God sees my heart. What a religious mess. I want you, you you've got to have fruit. You've got to have fruit. If you're saying today, Lord, I, I need to commit to you. I need to receive the gift of righteousness and the salvation that you have for me. If that's you, raise your hand. Say, today is my day. I need to receive from you. Raise it so I can see it. I need to, I need to receive from you. I need to receive this gift of righteousness. Keep them up for just one more second. Let me see them one more time. Yeah. Lord, we just praise you for each and every person. And right now, we just, we just move according to your word. You are faithful, Lord. Thank goodness you're faithful.
Thank goodness. And Father, right now, we just determine in ourselves to receive your love and your gift of righteousness. You're not a respecter of persons. When Abraham believed on you, you reckoned it to him for righteousness. When I believe on you today, Lord, you will reckon it to me for righteousness. And even if I have received you before, today, this day, I can choose to walk to receive the gift of righteousness fresh and new and walk in it for the rest of my life. And so anybody that feels that stirring, the Holy Spirit stirring that in your heart, just right now, just say, just say this with me. Just say, Father, I believe that Jesus died for me and he rose again for me to get righteousness to me, to make me right with you, Father. Father, I believe that you brought him back to life. And brought me back to life with him. In the gift of righteousness. I have the gift of righteousness. I'm made right with you. Right now. I won't let the devil take it. And I confess. Jesus is Lord. Of my life. In every way. And Lord. I receive the fullness of my salvation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, healing, restoration, deliverance, protection, prosperity, life in full. I receive it through the gift of righteousness, through Jesus Christ. And I commit right now from this day forward, my life will be different. I will walk out the gift of righteousness and the law of love. In Jesus' name. Amen. And right now, just to, I don't want to just jump and say bye, but if you've got something in your life right now, you need supply, you need provision. You need healing. You need a situation solved. You need anything. And it's one of those things that you would pray to God and you would hope he would answer. Or right now, through your gift of righteousness, you just lift that up to God right now. Right now, you say, Lord, I'm righteous through Christ. And Lord, I just ask you for those things whatever it is, and you just name it. Right now, I ask you for that. I need this. And you just say this right now. You pray. Bow your head. You talk to God. Lord, I, this is something I need. This is something I desire. You give me the desires of my heart. And through your righteousness, I receive it now. Anything that needs to be broken off of me, be broken off in Jesus' name. Anything that needs to be made whole, be made whole. Lord, I receive it through righteousness. Yeah. Anything else the Holy Spirit prompts you to pray, leads you to pray. Pray that right now.
Yeah, thank you, Father. We just praise you and we love you. Thank you for your love poured out. I can tell you, I'm believing God that you're going to see answers to these prayers. Because these prayers today, this morning, they're done in a different way. First of all, I can tell you that the anointing that was on me this morning was to dig down and break that junk off of your life. To get to the root of some things and activate the power of God inside of you. Not only do I know that that was in effect, but just the message alone talking about the gift of righteousness and the law of love, there's a power in that that unleashes the power of heaven in your life. I believe the things you just prayed for, you're going to see. I believe with you. I agree with you. The things that you ask for according to the will of God, according to the things that he's promised you, you will see. So I want to hear about them. You know what you prayed. You know what you were believing for. But there'll be things even, let me just prophesy this. There'll be things that happened this week that you didn't even pray about. But you know God was looking at your heart. And because of the placement in the gift of righteousness, you will start to see his love made manifest in ways that you didn't even think to pray for, didn't even think to ask for. I want to hear those testimonies. Send us a message. You can go online. There's testimony section. Put it in there. We, you need to testify about the things God has done. When you start seeing more and more of the grace that God has poured out in your life, it starts raising your expectation to see more. And that's not just for you. Your expectation and hope for the more of God's grace in your life, it affects everybody around you. So but from you testifying only, you start helping and loving on your neighbor like you should. When you start to expect and see the things of God, you love on your neighbor the way that you should. You know, testifying and, and praising God and, and trusting in Him. It's not just you. It has an effect on everybody around you. It's a part of loving on your neighbor. So I want to hear those testimonies. Don't just think, it. well, everybody else did. I'm not going to share mine. No, 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 no. Share it. People need to hear it. Man, When I, I've heard multiple testimonies this week of people, big stuff, and I'm able to tell other people, and then they go, oh, he, oh, he did that? Man, I'm next in line. Yes, you are. And it started helping everybody grow in their expectation and their hope. It starts to become very, very tangible and real in their lives. It's more than just you. The devil would try to make you think it's just about you. You don't want to bother anybody else and be all not, bo not bold. The Holy Spirit's going to have you bold. So let him do what he's called you to do, empowered you to do. Believe on him. Testify about him. Do the things that you're supposed to do, not for the law's sake, but for the law of love. Father, I love you. Lord, I just pray right now that you would just seal these things in their heart, that today is a marker in the lives of people. It will look different from this day forward. It will look different from this day forward. That word's for you if you'll receive it. Today will look different in my life. It's a marker. Today, it's it. 
If somebody, if you're hearing that inside your heart, not just through my words, but inside your heart, that it's a marker. Today needs to be different. It's going to be different. If that's you, I want you to stand up right now. You want to receive that. That's what I thought. If it's not, you don't. There's times, there's seasons. It's a marker. I knew it was one for you. I'm glad you stood. Say, Lord, I received that today. It's a new day. If you're watching the archive and you're listening to this driving down the road, don't stand up. But say, I receive it, Lord. <laughs> I receive it. Father, today's a new day. It will not be the same. Things are different today. And I receive it. Just say that. Say, Lord, I receive difference in my life right now yeah amen amen father we thank you you're doing so much stuff you're solving so many problems right now even problems we don't know we have <laughs> hallelujah you're solving issues today's a new day lord we thank you and let me just give you a little instruction here as you right now you're saying Okay, Brian, I hear you. I want to believe with you. As you humble your heart and say, yeah, yeah, just take your time. Be still and know that he is God. Amen. Take your time and say, I received that. Amen. Think about it. Meditate on it. By your heart, open up your heart to believe and receive the fullness of that righteousness in that promise. Yeah, Lord, I humble myself. I'm not rushing this. I need today to be a different day. I humble myself to that word. I humble myself right now. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Man, you're working some stuff. This is not, you know, to some people's eyes, it may not be spectacular, but he's doing some supernatural stuff in some people. I can feel it right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for sealing that in hearts. Solutions be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Well, I want you to have a good day and be blessed in every way in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a good day.